what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. I don't care who you are, and I don't care what your problem may be, whether it be financial, physical, spiritual, mental, whatever your problem is, this right here answers that problem. neighbor and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the Gospel according to St. Luke. The Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 4. Move down, if you will, to verse 14. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And I just want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. Jesus' great announcement. Jesus' great announcement. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, I thank You for every person that is under the sound of my voice today. Lord, I dare not embark upon this message without asking for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon me. Lord, help me to rightly divide the word of truth. Anoint your people to hear and to receive of your word. May your people be edified and drawn closer to you today is my prayer in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. This was to be a great day for the people in the little town of Nazareth. Jesus, the one whom they had known for some 30 years, 
had become famous over the past several months. And now he was on his way back to the place where he was brought up there in Nazareth. Word of his miracles had spread throughout that region. His name was on the lips of everyone as they talked about how he laid hands on the sick and they would recover. Blinded eyes were open. The deaf could hear. The lame could walk. Lepers were cleansed and made whole again. There are even rumors that Jesus had even raised the dead. And people from miles around everywhere was coming in to Nazareth to see this miracle worker. The people of Nazareth, at that time, Nazareth was a little village, probably around three to four hundred people population. Located right outside of the village, it was said that a Roman garrison was there. When the disciples came to Philip and they told him, we have found the Messiah. And he asked the question, well, where have you found him? Where is he from? And they said, Nazareth. And he said, can anything good come from Nazareth? That little hole in the wall where them Romans have gathered at. Well, I want to answer that question this morning. Yes, something good did come from Nazareth. Somebody asked me the other day, said, James, where are you preaching at? And I told him, I said, I'm preaching over at Friendship. Where is that at? I said, well, it's right on the edge of Johnson County, about eight miles out of Middlesex. There, a little place called Emmett. Boy, you are out there in the woods. <laughs> I said, yeah. We may be out there in the woods. But something good is coming out of them woods, I can tell you that. And it's Jesus Christ. Everybody knew Him. There's no record that the Lord ever revealed up to that time who He was and what His purpose and mission was other than when He was 12 years old, Mary and Joseph lost Him there in Jerusalem and went looking for Him and they finally found Him in the temple, 12 years old, sitting around with a bunch of gray-haired bearded men and talking about the Scriptures and the law. And they were astonished at the questions that he was able to answer and whatever the case. They finally found him in the temple and Mary said, Son, what, what are you doing? Me and Joseph, we've been worried to death. We didn't know what had happened to you. Your, your father and I have been worried to death. And Jesus just gently reminded Mary, his mother, Joseph is not my father. He said, I must be about my father's business. And that is the only thing that 
we know of that Jesus revealed as to what his purpose and mission in life was. He knew that at 12 years of age. But other than that, there's no record that he revealed anything else from that time up until he was 30 years of age on this particular day of this of which I've just read to you. But the people there in Nazareth, like I said, a little small village of maybe three, four hundred people, they rubbed shoulders with him. Everybody knew him. They had to have known that there was something different about Jesus. He didn't talk like everybody else did. He didn't join in with the dirty jokes. But yet his life and everyday living, time and time again they would see Jesus go into the nearby wooded area and take a piece of timber and come back with a piece of timber on his shoulders and take a mattox in his hand and he would, would, would whittle that thing down and, and fashion it into a plow yoke with sweat pouring off of him and the gnats swarming. He was a carpenter. Carpentry today is a noble trade. You can make some right good money at it if you know what you're doing. But then, a carpenter was that of a peasant. Something that the poorest of the poor would do. And like I said, these people seen him day in and day out. A carpenter. And now this carpenter has gone preacher boy. And he's back in town. He's going to be in the synagogue today. Service starts at 11 o'clock. And I imagine the place was jam-packed to capacity. Local people who hadn't been to synagogue in years were there. People who never went into Nazareth because of that Roman garrison, they were there. All the windows was open, all the doors were open. People were lined up standing around the synagogue to see what this miracle worker would do. This carpenter, what would he say? The locals were there mostly out of curiosity. What is this carpenter got to say? Never man spake like this man. He spoke as one who had authority. When the scribes, Pharisees, and Sadducees would, would teach, they literally tortured the Scriptures. When they would expound on it, they would use such eloquent speech trying to look like they were more than they were. And the people couldn't understand what they were saying. But when Jesus taught, there was an anointing there. At times, He would make the people laugh. At times, He would make the people cry. 
At times he would tell little stories of everyday life and even the little children could understand what he was saying. And I want you to notice in verse 16 that it was his custom to go to the synagogue. Meaning that he did this on a regular basis. And point number one in this message today. If Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God, perfect in every way, did not have a sin nature because of his virgin birth, saw it necessary to go to synagogue, what we would call today as church, on a regular basis, because the Bible says it was his custom. If Jesus went to church, on the Sabbath day, which was Saturday. Now that Jesus is raised from the dead, we go to church on Sunday. But be that as it may. If Jesus saw it necessary to go to church and he was perfect, how much more do you and I who do have a sin nature need to go to church on a regular basis? I'm here to tell you today that Jesus went to church. Let me tell you. 2,000 years later, Jesus is still going to church. Glory to God. Glory to God. Wherever and whenever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be in the midst. Woo! Glory to God. I don't know if y'all feel that this morning or not, but I'm here to tell you, Jesus is in the house. Glory to God. Jesus is in the house. All you've got to do is just tell Him what you want because He can heal today just like He did 2,000 years ago. You better watch it, sister. You're liable to get healed sitting right there where you are. He's with you all the time. The moment you got saved, he come into your heart. See, if you would come to realize that, that Jesus is in you, a lot of the things that you do and a lot of the things that you say, be a little more careful about where you go and what you're watching, who you're hanging around with. He's with you. And it was his custom to go to synagogue on a regular basis. But this day, he stood up for to read. And I don't know if he asked for the book of Isaiah or if that just happened to be the particular passage where they were studying at that time. But they delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah and he found the place where it was written Isaiah chapter 61 in verse 1 back then they didn't have chapters and verses but it's what we know today is Isaiah 61 verse 1 and he said the spirit of the Lord 
is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Isaiah wrote these words some 800 years prior to this moment. And this is the very reason and purpose that Jesus came into this world. And this is going to sound strange to the carnal ear, but this passage right here answers every problem of the human race. Now, do you believe that? I don't care who you are, and I don't care what your problem may be, whether it be financial, physical, spiritual, mental, whatever your problem is, this right here answers that problem. Now, I'm not going to have the time to go through all of this today. We're going to start on it. All right. He said, first of all, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm sorry, Muslims, but the Spirit of the Lord is not on Mohammed. I heard a young man, he was a Muslim, gave his testimony. He was going to college somewhere, and his roommate was a Christian. He was a Muslim. And they became good friends. And they would talk about the Scriptures. He would talk about the Quran, and the Christian, of course, would talk about the Bible. And they'd pick on each other and pick at each other. And sometimes their debates would get a little heated. But they got along, and they were good friends. And One day the Christian came into the dorm room and said, There's a man out here that's demon-possessed. And I'm going to go lay hands on him and cast a demon out of that man. And the Muslim said, I've heard of demons. I ain't never seen one cast out before. I want to go with you. So the Muslim went with his Christian friend. And sure enough, the man was demon-possessed. Took two men to grab hold of him and hold him and Christian walked up to him, put his hands on him, and said, In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Come out. And that demon wouldn't buke. And they were having to really grab hold of him. And the Christian said, Hold right there just a minute. Let me go get some more of my friends, and we're going to gather around, and we're going to have to really pray over this man. And so while he was gone... 
the Muslim got it in his mind and said, well, I'm going to cast him out in the name of Allah. So he goes over these two grown men holding this demon-possessed fella. And he goes over and says, in the name of Allah, I cast you out. And that demon-possessed man, with both arms, threw them two guys one, one way and threw one the other and jumped on him. He said, that fella liked to beat me to death. He was all over top of me. And I didn't know what to do. And I just whispered under my breath because he was beating me for every... He was about to beat the life out of me. And I said, well, I'm going to try it. In the name of Jesus, I command you to stop. And that demon-possessed man stopped dead in his tracks like a dead man. He said, and I rolled him off of me. And my friend come back with some more of his buddies and said, What in the world happened? He said, Well, I tried to cast him out in the name of Allah, and he jumped on me and started beating me up. And I said, I'm going to try Jesus. I'll try anything. <laughs> and I said, In the name of Jesus, and he fell over. And he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior right then and there. Only Jesus Christ can do that. Are you hearing me? Only Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, what does that mean? Jesus was fully God and fully man. Everything he did when he walked this earth, no matter what it was, he did not do it as deity. He did not do that as God. He laid aside his deity in order to become a human being. He came in the form of sinful flesh. That's why he needed the Holy Spirit upon him and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in his life. God needs no anointing, but if God becomes a man, then that anointing and that power has to be there. And everything Jesus did, he did it as a man through and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is the Christ. The word Christ means anointed one. Jesus was the anointed one. Let me say that again. Jesus is the anointed one. Now, God calls people today to do the work of the ministry. Some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And with that calling, there comes an anointing to carry out the work and sometimes even gifts of the Spirit. 
to carry out the work that they're to do in whatever the case. But that anointing is limited to a degree. And that degree depends on the consecration, dedication, and relationship that that minister has with the Lord. That anointing is limited to a certain extent, but with Jesus Christ there was no limitations of the Spirit because He did not have a sin nature. He had the fullness of the Spirit. And if Jesus needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit in His life, How much more do you and I today need the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives? I'm not finished with this message. So we're going to have to finish it next week. But everything here in Luke chapter 4 verses 18 through 19, it addresses every problem of the human heart and your answer is Jesus Christ if the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message just give us a call or text us at 252-299 Four two three four. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship. Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry go to establishedinthefaith.com click on the donate tab it's easy and all donations are safe and secure through paypal you can also mail us at established in the faith p.o box 601 bailey north carolina 27807 we look forward to hearing from you And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina. Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.